Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louis and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. How are you doing today? Look, it's like Black Friday is happening on Friday, (laughs) so it hasn't been that good, but you know, it's okay. (laughs) Busy? Yes, very much. How have you been? I've been pretty good since we last talked. We talked on Friday, right? Yes, it hasn't been that long. (laughs) No, it hasn't. Yeah, and that conversation we had on Friday, it really energized me and I think unblocked me mentally. Okay. We were talking about how, or I came to the realization at the end of the the talk that we had that I really needed to remove myself as the blocker for Sparkloop for mm-hmm. our content creation and everything and to start hiring people basically to, to work with some freelancers. So I got really excited about that over the weekend, worked on some other things and then came back Monday morning and started looking for people to hire. And I've been absolutely blown away by the quality of the people who've been referred to me, by the quality of the people who have, you know, just reached out cold. And now there are like, I don't know, 15 people who I would love to hire. And it's going to be, (laughs) yeah, it's really great, but it's going to be difficult to whittle that down to one or two people that we probably do a a test with and see Mm -hmm. what happens from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand the frustration with that, but how I would look at it is as good news because it means that you have a lot of qualified people that you would be interested in working with. Like worst case scenario, if your first pick doesn't pan out, you still have a pool of people to choose from. I think the other way around would be quite horrible. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. I'm super happy with this. We never have a problem finding developers to work with. I think just because of our networks uh, or especially my co-founder Manuel's network of developers. So that's been no problem at all. We've found someone really good that we were very happy working with there. I'm so happy that we found so many great content marketing kind of writing people and hopefully I'll get to work with some of them in the future even if we we can't work with them right now. Mm -hmm. That is so exciting. So what's the deadline for you or that you have established to start working with that person or a person on a content content strategy? Is it like with January considering it's the year or do you think earlier than that? Yeah, so we're constrained by budget mainly. We have like in the backlog, we have so many different things we want to do and just it doesn't feel too sensible to spend too much money on that right now because Mm -hmm. it may end up, yes, it would all be useful, but there may be better ways that we could spend that money uh, in the near future. And we, We don't want to spend too much outside of our means right now, even though we're doing pretty well. So that's the main thing. What I think we're going to do is to work probably 
with at least two, maybe actually three or four people over the next couple of weeks, probably on, on one-off projects or one or two different projects each, and just see how those fit together and which people have availability, who we get on well with, mm-hmm. and who gets us. Because we, we'd we like to have a network, I think, of freelancers who we can work with and who understand us if we have a particular thing or if the regular person is busy. Mm-hmm. But we're also looking for someone who, from February on, realistically, February, March onwards, understands us well enough and can dictate the content strategy themselves. We know, like we have a roadmap, we have deadlines internally for which pieces and which things need to be published by when over Mm -hmm. the next, I think we have the next kind of eight to 12 weeks planned out, like actually in the, the diary on when each piece should be published. And if we can't find someone to do that, then I was going to be the person who did it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we, we'd rather that not have to be the case. So, yeah, we're going to start as soon as possible with a couple of different people. And hopefully by the end of January, we will know who is going to take on more of a, a strategy role as well. Yay! Yeah, That's, I am. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm genuinely happy. I feel like a load has been lifted from my mind. Now, if only we could do the same thing for finding a designer, but yeah. we are having the opposite problem with that. That is just, there are so many, like everyone, who, <laughs> there are people who are good at design, but they cost so much and they are booked out months in advance. Mm-hmm. And then basically everyone else is free right now and affordable, but also even the mon- the little money they're charging is too expensive for what they're going to provide. Right. I know that sounds horrible, but yeah. it, I understand. It, yeah. 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 Like it's completely opposite, right? With the content people, even with the, the developers, it's completely the opposite. There are so many good people out there and it's just a question of who, mm-hmm. who makes the most sense for us. And with the designers, it's just, yeah, you pay a lot and we can work together in six months and you better hope that like the time we book in then is enough because right. otherwise it's going to be a long time. Yeah. Or it's just, I don't know, maybe there's some trick to finding designers that, that, that I don't get, but yeah. but that first step is done with the content creators so I think that you're on a good track even with designers (laughs) oh definitely yeah the design thing is that's not gonna gonna kill us at the end of the day that's more of an internal good to have yeah Yeah. I'm sure that's more of a vanity thing the content thing is the crucial one and we're on a really good track there so I'm yeah I'm a happy Louis today how about I'm glad (laughs) oh I'm a stressed out (laughs) Moisa Yes, yeah. I, I know you've branched out from from Facebook ads into your workshops and from workshops into becoming a hairdresser. It's an interesting change of change of careers. I started my day, yeah, by giving a haircut to my husband, and that went surprisingly well. So it that's looked good. A, it looked good. I was thank impressed. you. It was my first time doing a fade. Like he was, ex- he cares about his hair a lot and like he sees every little thing that goes wrong. So if he's at a, like at his barber and if the line isn't faded the correct amount, and if it's not the straightest line possible, he'll get mad. So I was under a lot of stress at the beginning. And then throughout the process, I was just like, shut up, (laughs) let me work. And I think it, Looks pretty good. I was anxious, but I think the end, it could be better, of course. But for my first time, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> well, it was it was good enough for me to say I would let you have a go at mine as well. It was 
It really wasn't bad at all. I only saw it from the side and the back, I think, but it was, that was impressive work for a first time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really, like, I did watch a lot of videos about it too. I didn't just, I couldn't do it without instructions. It's much harder than it looks, but again, I'm proud of myself. So he's allowing me to do it before the holidays again, when his hair grows out a little bit more. So I'm going to give another try and make it look even better. But yeah, like I have a, maybe a future there if Facebook ads don't pan out. <laughs> Brilliant. So your next course launches here, how to, to, to do a, a fade from scratch in, in quarantine. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Because you know, niche, you got to be really niche when it comes to targeting and who you're talking to. So how to do a fade in quarantine. <laughs> how, how to cut Moitz's husband's hair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but apart from that like my day started off great because I was able to do a fade but then it's Black Friday in a couple of days and every Facebook advertisers nightmare also begins with Black Friday so your day started off well and then faded then oh (laughs) oh that was bad (laughs) That was so good. Yeah. Well done. Yes. So yeah, like I'm under a lot of stress right now because one, especially one client is doing a large Black Friday sale and the competition this year on Facebook ads is just fierce and mix that in with the fact that this client is doing, we're we're not doing any retargeting with Facebook ads because they only want to focus on cold leads. So that presents another challenge and it has been a little bit stressful, but I'm getting through it. So I'm not complaining. I've been having a lot of work and yeah. Yeah. Can't wait though for Black Friday to be over. (laughs) And then the Christmas work begins. Oh yeah. But what I decided this year though, now that I have help with help of my two contractors, I have decided to take about 10 days off work in December. So that is going to be another challenge for me, mental channel challenge specifically to maybe just power off during the holidays, not think about work because my two contractors will handle everything. So looking forward to some time off as well, just counting down the days because, you know, us that, that do holiday advertising and Black Friday advertising, it's so stressed stressful in the last couple of weeks of the year. And then that point of relaxation, uh, that feels so good. So (laughs) really excited for that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And how are things working out with the contractors that you have? Oh, I'm so happy. I did that. I made that choice. Like with the amount of work that I now have, honestly, I couldn't do anything. Like the amount of work that I have, I could like myself, I could do it like 20% of it probably. So they actually do the bulk of the work in regards to implementations. So as you can imagine right now, Black Friday and holiday advertising and everyone is scrambling. They want to have the big bang at the end of the year uh, and finish off, finish it off on a high end. We're doing a lot of implementations, changing a lot of things, 
But what I also like to do at the end of the year is plan for the next year. So I'm doing like a review for each of my clients, what worked, what didn't work. And I, we're planning the whole strategy for the whole 2021, not just the first couple of months, but what are we going to do differently? How are we going to attack that? So I wouldn't be able to do all of that without my contractors. They're extremely helpful. They work all the time. And I approached them the other day asking, I'm just checking, are you going to work on the holidays? It's not something that I require, especially around Christmas or anything like that, but like, how, what are your habits? And they were like, yeah, like we're working during the holidays. We don't want to take time off. And I was like, cool. Awesome. (laughs) So then let's agree on something because I do want to take time off. So yeah, I couldn't like at this point, I could not be happier. That is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing about the holidays as well this year. I'm really interested to see what happens because normally things are just dead between the 20th or so, the 17th of December and like the 8th of, of January. It's just those two or three weeks, like mm-hmm. business-wise, nothing really happens that much. Mm-hmm. Like decisions and stuff, customers, they don't really tend to start new things. But this year, people aren't really going to be traveling as much, especially right. not in Europe. So I wonder if people will be more likely to work and if we're going to see some kind of massive three-week holiday, month holiday in Mm -hmm. like in the summer next year or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's true. I haven't even thought about that. I know that for a fact that every year, all of my clients still... December comes, they want to run Facebook ads. They don't want to pause anything. And I understand that. Uh, So that means that I myself, I know work-wise, I still have to check in with the campaigns, make sure that we're not spending too much. So for example, if we're spending 2K a day on generating leads, I want to at least be getting those leads uh, at an affordable cost. So at least checking in on the campaigns, I'm lucky that my contractors will do the work uh, this year. However, yeah, like you mentioned, we don't really know what to expect this year because people will not be traveling. They'll probably, at least a portion of them will be behind their computers working or at least browsing Facebook, which again, puts me uh, in a position where I'll need to check in with the, or my contractors will need to check in on the campaigns and see if they're moving in the right direction or not. Yeah, it must be, especially in the the Facebook world, it must be such an exciting kind of Christmas period this year, obviously Mm -hmm. for terrible reasons, but it's all of the shopping is going to be done online. Everything is going to be completely different last year. Yep. Yep. And we're we're already feeling the effects of it. It's interesting. Yeah. A good time to be a a Facebook ads expert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But again, this, it's a good time to be a Facebook ads expert. However, it's stressful because I, I feel the prices of Facebook ads and reaching your target audience have skyrocketed this year when I compare it to all the other years. They always skyrocket around Black Friday and around holidays, but these, this year especially has been quite rough, especially looking at e-commerce. So yeah, it, like I'm really interested in seeing how it'll work come Friday. Will the Facebook crash or what will happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we do have a topic, I think, that we wanted to discuss. We mentioned it last week. And let me know if you still want to talk about that. I do, but I do want to pick a fight with you first. 
Got it. Let's do it. You start. (laughs) When we started doing the podcast together, I had it on very good authority from Amy, from Alex, from Shai, that you were a a reasonable, intelligent person. (laughs) And then was it this morning or was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? I found out something horrific. Okay. And what was that? (laughs) That you do most of your work in the afternoons and you spend your mornings not doing work very often you start your mornings not doing work correct which doesn't make any sense so what's wrong with you basically let's start with that okay everything (laughs) (laughs) but so I I can provide a little bit of context for that that will hopefully help you understand where I'm coming from When I was working at an advertising agency, I discovered that I'm most creative during the evening or let's say late afternoon, evening time. That's when I was like peak creativity. And then when I got fired and started doing super spicy media, I wanted to be normal like every other people. So I woke up in the morning, did my work. And then in the evening, I went to the gym and then just chilled. Uh, on the couch and went to bed. But then I somehow figured out that, I don't know, it's really not working for me and I'm not creative and I'm not really that all productive. So I decided to switch things again. That was one of the major reasons. So like the creativity and productivity. The second reason was, as we already discussed, I go to the gym, not now, but like five times a week, typically I go to the gym and In the morning, or let's say noontime, around noon, gyms are pretty much empty. And I like an empty gym when I train. So I decided to switch my day around a little bit and have mornings just for myself to chill, to work out, to read, to not do any work, and then start working in the afternoon. And that proved out to be a lot better for me. And then when I started getting my first international clients, it proved out to be even a better choice because my clients typically start waking up when it's 2 p.m. here. So now whenever I have a call with either a prospect or I don't know, someone that's just trying to learn how I operate, one of the first things they ask me, yeah, but we're, we're in a different time. So how is this going to work? And I'm like, I do all of my work during your work day, like from, I don't know, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. I do all of my work during that time in my own time zone. So that has proved out to be a really good choice for me. And I've been working like this for the past couple of years now. And also maybe in addition to that, my husband, my husband has the exact same routine because he works with ConvertKit and or he works at ConvertKit and so they work in the afternoon as well so I don't know I just think it's working for me but I hear that you're different (laughs) what I'm hearing is that you're different no I'm joking (laughs) true (laughs) true (laughs) no it, it makes it does make sense to me actually like the way you describe it I think we are just slightly different in that for a lot of the same reasons like I like an empty gym so I like to go to the gym during the day as well. I I love having the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. I work with customers and clients mainly in the US. So I tend to work in the evenings, at least uh, a little bit. Where I think I'm different is that if I'm going to code, right? So if I'm going to do some programming, 
I can really get into that in the evening when I'm undisturbed. No one's going to be sending me that many emails. I can just work on that. And I know a lot of programmers feel the same. When it comes to, let's say, writing uh, a blog post, writing something really important, copy for a landing page, something like that. That's something that I have to do in the morning. If I don't do that in the morning, then it's going to be not done or it's going to be bad, mm-hmm. basically. My like my clever time is between 8 and eight and 12 in mm-hmm. the morning. So that's why I wake in the morning. And then I will go to the gym in the early afternoon, normally between 2 and 3, because basically 1 until 4, 1 until 5 is like a write-off for me. Like I can do mm-hmm. email, I can do calls, like sales calls absolutely fine but I am just not an intelligent I'm not maybe creative is a good word for it I'm not creative during that time yeah I enjoy working out in the more in the morning and then focusing like after workout and what I think I have determined like this is not at all a scientific I haven't read any articles about it but I think it's like something's there I am a highly energetic person and I think if I work out in the evening I get my levels of energy down to a level where I can focus. If I don't do that, my thoughts are all over the place because like I said, I'm a highly energetic person and I think about 20 things at the same time. But if I work out in the morning, I tire myself to a point where I'm finally able to actually sit down and think about just one thing. (laughs) Do do, do you at least understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. I think it it is different for me though. I think when I get back from the gym, I'm just drained, really. It depends what I'm doing there, but assuming it's a reasonably heavy day, like I just have to concentrate so hard in the gym that I feel refreshed and reset afterwards and Mm -hmm. I'll sleep really well and I'll work really well the next day. Mm-hmm. But I, I have the next hour or two are like a write-off. Like I, I can do emails and calls, but pretty much nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so interesting. And I'm thinking like, I do have one day and that's Wednesday. So Wednesday is the day. Wednesday is today, actually. <laughs> so today I did not work out. Uh, I work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Wednesday is a, is a day off. And on Wednesday, that's typically when I write my blog posts, my newsletters, or like anything that's copy related. And I also do that in the morning. So Wednesday is different for me. And I, I, I like sitting down with my coffee and my laptop in my kitchen. So change of scenery as well. And I work on my blog posts. But I'm thinking like, if I could write any, I haven't tested that. If I could write any copy, sales copy, email, whatever in the evening. Because I typically do that on a Wednesday in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you could write it. I can sit down and force myself to write. It's just not as good. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is that sort of amazing, like what happens is I'll, I'll get my coffee and maybe I have one off now the sales call at 8 a.m. that someone has mm-hmm. booked in. And I actually leave that slot open on purpose just so that I can like, I can be forced to make sure I'm actually at my desk at eight. And mm-hmm. then at 20 past eight, I will start writing. And then mm-hmm. by 11, I've done the work that normally I'll get done in two or three days, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's... But I what I like about this conversation that we're having is, I, I think the most important part here is that we can be thankful we're in a position where we can experiment with that. Because I know how stressed I was when I was working at the advertising agency and we had a strict work, like we had strict working hours. 
which again, like I couldn't do anything between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. And I couldn't find a routine that would work for me. But like now we're both actually in a position where we can say, okay, this type of routine routine works for me. You can experiment with it. Like now listening to you, I'm like, maybe I should try switching things around and see if that works better because we do change as human beings as well during the years. So maybe something has changed and it would work better for me if I would work out in the evenings, especially during COVID because like I work out at home. So I don't need to go anywhere and be worried about the gym being completely full. But yeah, I think that we can be extremely glad and happy that we're in a position where we can experiment with different routines and what works for us. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's important to be able to recognize that everyone is, is different as well, to be able to find what works for you. And I, I feel really fortunate that, like you said, I can experiment and I can try whatever I like. Basically, back when COVID wasn't happening, I would work one day on the weekend and normally take a day during the week off just for me, because everything would be empty during the day. So I think it's, it is really interesting and really uh, like, it's something that it blows my mind that companies will enforce eight to five or nine to five. Yeah, It just doesn't really make any sense to me. I can understand if you're in sales, maybe, or if you're in customer support, you need to be available when you're like the people you're talking to want to talk to you. That's obviously, but for everyone else, as long as the work gets done, who cares? And that's something that I struggled with when I was working at the advertising agency. Like I mentioned previously, I had to, I was, my official title was copywriter, but because it was such a small uh, agency, I did everything else as well. So mostly I, they had me think of like concepts, how I would approach, like we had a product that we needed to advertise and they wanted to buy TV ads and radio ads. And I needed to think of a concept of how to do that. I couldn't do that during morning time. So what I typically did was I came to the office and I was there until 4 p.m. But then when I went back home at around 9 p.m., I would sit behind my computer or behind my notepad and just start brainstorming because that's when I was most productive. I'm sorry, most creative. So when I approached them with this problem, I essentially said, could we work something out? Could I, for example, work from home two times a week so I can work in the evenings at times that work best for me? And not only will I be happier, but you'll be happier as well because my results will be much better. And they flat out said no. That was about 10 years ago, however. But now with COVID and a lot of people working from home, I do hope that a lot of companies will realize, hey, like we don't need people in our office and we especially don't need a fixed work time or working time, working hours, but we can let and allow people to choose their own ideal routine that works for them because what matters for us as a company is the results that they provide at the end of the day. And it doesn't really matter when they got that work done. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask, because we haven't talked about this, I think now for a couple of episodes, courses, what is happening with the science of Facebook ads? (laughs) At the moment, nothing. Yeah. So last week I was swamped with the workshops that I did with 
Nina and Masha, so the 360 bootcamp. And now, like Black Friday. After Black Friday comes Cyber Monday. After Cyber Monday, we start preparing for the holidays with my clients. So what I now did was decided that I'm, if, if I'm going to work on the science of Facebook ads is going to be just at a time, if I feel extremely highly productive and creative and I get an idea for an email or how I should write about something and I'm going to write it, but I'm not, I don't have a specific plan or let me say, I, I don't have any specific tasks planned for the science of Facebook ads until the end of the year, because the last two weeks of the year, so last two weeks of, uh, in December, I typically take time off and I work on the business, like strategy wise, I do a year in review, what went wrong, what went right. Uh, and I would much rather focus on that. And then maybe start resuming my work for the science of Facebook ads in January when I'll feel a little bit rested. I won't feel as stressed as I am at the moment. And I think the output of that work would, will be that much better. And that's essentially what matters, not my stupid deadlines on like when I should launch this. Uh, but I think the output of it matters. I want my emails, my sales emails, my sales sequence, my everything be of like high value, high quality while not chasing my really not that important deadlines that I have set out, set up in my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bearing all that in mind, do you want to set another silly or not all that important deadline for the new year or are you just going to wing it? Um, I think that what I'm going to do is review everything at the end of the year. And then probably I'll set another stupid deadline. I'm a person that likes deadlines, but I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be more realistic. I think the one that I had before wasn't realistic because I wasn't thinking about the other projects. I wasn't th thinking about client work and I wasn't, accounting for the possibility that may, maybe I'll close a couple of more clients. And when I did, when that happened, I didn't factor that in my deadlines. So I think that I'll approach this with fresh set of eyes and probably just set another deadline that will be a little bit more realistic, but it will at least, I don't know, keep me going. Okay, nice. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you decide to do in 2021 and I promise not to ask you how it's going again until then <laughs> you're free to do that <laughs> did, did you do you want to talk a little bit about the topic that we mentioned in the last episode we could touch maybe on it quickly just carrying on from what you were saying before about the deadline thing and I think that has also been a problem for me with sales for founders mm -hmm. is I will set a deadline that seems reasonable <laughs> and then either have to compromise the quality or compromise on the, the deadline basically. Right. or compromise something else so that I can find the time to do it, which I can't really justify doing anymore with Sparkloop. Mm -hmm. It's not less important stuff. It's, if anything, more important. Mm -hmm. So a decision I made this week looking at it was that what I'm doing is basically I'm biting off more than I can chew. I'm setting this big ambitious goal 
to get something finished. And I don't really have to do that. Mm-hmm. I could, for example, just say, look, I'm going to start working on the course now. You can sign up and join in. Uh, I'm going to be figuring things out as I go along. But mm-hmm. here is the roadmap, right? Here are the, the bite-sized chunks of what I'm going to be producing and when. And then I don't have a deadline so much as I have a timeline. And what I want to do is set aside Sundays to work on sales for founders and be quite generous with my time. Allow myself like four to six hours for what will probably be two or three, maybe four hours of work, just in case. So, so I definitely get everything done. And I want to do it that way. So instead of having a, a deadline, uh, I'm going to have a, a timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that will hopefully make a big difference and make it easier for me to stay on track because I'll have mapped out exactly what I want to mm-hmm. produce. Yeah. And that sounds honestly so nice and not time binding, which like you said, you don't want to, like the quality that you will produce, you want that, I'm sorry, the content that you will produce, you want that to be of good quality and not rush because of an arbitrary arbitrary deadline. So I do support that idea. And honestly, it, it sounds like so calm when you were describing it. I was like, yeah, this sounds like something I could do as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm feeling positive about it because my, my approach up until now has been basically to lock myself up for two weeks and do crazy mm-hmm. long days to get everything out and finished. And you end up cutting corners, which is okay. Yeah. Like, you ne- like it's never going to be perfect it's never going to be as good as you want it to be because as the person doing it you're aware of the potential for it and the flaws way more than anyone else will ever be it's the same with anything all the things that could be better other people don't really in most cases yeah so yeah I just I'm also excited to be able to get feedback as I go along so my plan now is to for example produce like a module on a Sunday Mm mm-hmm push that live on the Monday, maybe get some feedback and push some answers and some worksheets on the Friday and then start again on the Sunday for mm-hmm. the next module. And mm-hmm. people who join in, for example, two or three weeks in, they can start from the beginning. They don't need to start where I am in the production schedule. Right. And I think they will then get a better experience. It will be better than the first people who went through it because they will have asked questions. They will have found stuff that didn't work. And I'm hoping that this will allow me to run a bit of a, like a cohort, right? Everyone starting and finishing together as well mm-hmm. and asking questions. And my experience with that so far has been really good, but I've done that with the more expensive mm-hmm. coaching tracks of the course. So I'm hoping that being able to do that with the, the free version, and maybe we'll talk about this like next week or the week after, but like a, a cheap paid version of the the free course that has maybe some community benefits, some extra content and stuff. I'm excited to see what happens there. I would love to dig into this next week. That's also something that I was brainstorming for the science of Facebook ads. Like you mentioned, the community aspect of it. I don't have that in there right now. So it's essentially just videos on the topic. Tell me what you're looking forward to next week. What are you going to be working on? I know that you're not doing any Black Friday deals. <laughs> so you're not going to be all swamped with that. But yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be probably buying Black Friday deals, I imagine. Mm. Have uh, Christmas coming up. Yeah, what else am I going to be doing? So 
the big thing on my mind is getting a couple of people hired to do that content production. Hopefully finding a designer we can work with. As Spark Loop buys, there's a lot of new stuff coming that I, I just can't talk about yet, unfortunately. I like product-wise features that are going to be really great. And then the other thing for me, like over the next week that I want to do is to get a standalone page on our site for Spark Loop up and running with like competitor comparisons. So I've been mm-hmm. doing research with our existing customers who've moved to us from other tools about why they prefer Sparkloop and why they've moved to us. And now I'm going to have to format all of that into some nice comparison pages. Nice. I I have a client that's doing a similar thing and I can tell you that it's working really well for them. (laughs) We're also using Google ads to promote that a little bit more. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we we might run some search ads as well across uh, competitive terms. Yeah. So me, on the other hand, now, when we were talking about the science of Facebook ads and my deadlines, et cetera, and you were talking about the nice approach that you're going to be taking with the sales for founders and creating a timeline instead of a deadline, I was thinking like, is there something that I could do for the science of Facebook ads for the people that are on the waiting list? and that have been waiting for me to open the enrollment, could I do, is there like a, I don't know, middle way that I can take? And I would actually, I have a question for you uh, and your opinion. And then maybe based on your opinion, I can craft what I'll be focusing on next week. (laughs) So what I was actually thinking, I have a couple of people on my waiting list. So those are the people that specifically signed up to, be informed when I open enrollment again, which I assume are people who are eager to buy the course. They want to start doing Facebook ads. New Year's, or let's say end of the year, is typically a great way to promote that kind of content because people are looking for new beginnings and they're planning their years um, and what they're going to do, how they're going to grow their business. So I'm assuming a large portion of those people, actually, I'm assuming that a large portion of that waiting list is also thinking about that. So now I'm thinking like, could, is, is it okay? Would it be okay if I would approach with an email, essentially a newsletter, but only directed to the email list saying, look, being completely honest, because this is how I roll, saying I was planning this extremely big launch, life came, whatever, and then giving them a little bit of value, maybe doing that quiz, but then essentially saying, I'm opening enrollment just for you people uh, that have been on my waiting list. For those of you who are, I don't know, waiting to start a new year with a bang, that are waiting to grow their business with Facebook ads starting 2021. So in the next 24 hours, here's the link, you can buy the course, and then I'll um, actually open enrollment again in 2021. So do you think... That is, let's say, some sort of an honest approach towards an audience that has been waiting to buy the course, or is it half-assing things? Oh, interesting question. Mm -hmm. So I would normally, if this were any other week, my gut feeling would be to say, if you haven't been warming these people up and preparing them for it, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that because I think these people who are interested 
they like if they're interested they're going to buy then anyway mm-hmm. so giving them a discount right now doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily more value to them right now and it's just cutting into the revenue that you're going to make anyway i, I, I wouldn't necessarily give them a discount i would ah, just right. open okay. yeah it wouldn't be like a black friday deal i wouldn't do it like on a black friday I would just start actually preparing and oh, like for opening the enrollment, but just letting them know I'm opening enrollment for you because I know that you have been waiting. Yeah, essentially, but not not necessarily giving them a discount or anything. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I so I've done early enrollment before, and I think people like knowing that they will be the first. They will be the first who will be allowed to enroll, mm-hmm. especially if there are limited spaces. I think if you don't know when it's coming out yet, and there's a risk that this might be another five or six months away, I probably would feel personally that maybe it's a tiny bit too early to let people enroll. What I really like is what Brennan Dunn did, which is he has his Mastering ConvertKit course, Mm -hmm. which is quite expensive. And he hasn't done a discount or anything on that. But what he's done is he said, okay, I've been setting up this, basically a lot of the same work I did as consulting for this company. And if you like, I've recorded all the sessions that we did with this company, how we helped them set up their strategy and do everything, do do everything. And we've recorded that as audio with a, a transcription and everything with some takeaways. And you can buy that for a much lower price. I think mm. it's like $50 instead of the, the $1,000 that the course costs. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you're going to be working so hard on the client the, uh, the client work anyway, is there one of those clients who would let you do something similar maybe? Mm. Probably is. <laughs> but that is, uh, I love that because it's a different approach and it's not a full-blown course, but it's it's still some sort of a value that I can provide to an audience that's ha- that has been waiting to learn more about Facebook advertising. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. Another thing that Brennan did that I thought was really clever as well is he did some paid workshops just on particular modules from the course that work quite well standalone. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's something you could do there as well. I don't know if there's a module in there on choosing the right graphics for your Facebook ads. This is difficult for me because I'm an absolute idiot when it comes to Facebook ads, but I'm sure there's something that would stand alone quite well and that people are interested in. Maybe with something that you could put together pretty quickly from the material you already have with some examples and run almost with a a focus on the Q&A session where people can ask questions and get almost some kind of mentoring or coaching. Mm -hmm. And whether you could run that for just, let's say, eight people or 10 people even Mm -hmm. um, with a a focus like this is, we're going to do this on December the 10th Mm -hmm. and it's going to help you nail your Facebook ads for people who didn't get what they want for Christmas or something like that. And I bet the people who are on the waiting list and excited, I bet a lot of them would sign up for something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, that gives me a lot to think about. Like I said, I, the only, why, the only reason why I would be doing this is because I'm a people pleaser and I know that people on my waiting list have been waiting for a year for me to open enrollment. And I have, the videos are in there. The course is complete. The only, like, the only thing that they're waiting for is just for me to open the door. And I want to open the door 
properly to everyone with a full-blown email sequence that teaches them, that kind of uh, encourages them and hypes them up for the science of Facebook ads. But I haven't provided that because I wasn't able to finish that email sequence properly and install everything. So yeah, like maybe said, turning a different corner, like looking maybe for a different opportunities to serve that audience would also be great. Something that doesn't really require me to, like I said, create a full-blown email sequence that goes out to them, but just approaching them saying, hey, if you're looking for help, I don't know, I have this library of ads along with this particular module that I'll be releasing for a lower price than, than my course, but you still get a lot of value. Yeah, like 2020 for me was all about understanding awareness levels. I think that was the, the biggest way in which I improved my kind of marketing skills. And I think content repurposing is going to be mm-hmm. 2021. And like just before this call, I was on a, a half an hour call with one of our customers. And it was just a half an hour of an audio uh, chat with a bit of video. And that half an hour is going to be turned into 10 different pieces of, of content that's going to be used in 10 different places that will hopefully help us over the next year or so make tens of thousands of dollars yeah so it's just and literally it's not going to be any more than the half an hour of my time that I spent on it yeah uh, everything else is going to be other people I'm I do not understand why I wasn't looking for more opportunities to do this earlier yeah you also reminded me I have probably I don't know eight different webinars that I did for free they were free webinars that I did I don't know let's say a year ago But again, I never repurposed any of the content. I had, I don't know, 100, 200 people attending that webinar, but never did. It was just that one webinar. So I have a ton of video material that I could reuse, repurpose, either doing content marketing with it or just putting everything together and tie a beautiful tie on top of it and say, hey, this is a product now. Yeah, makes sense. And thanks thanks for the reminder. Yeah, no, it's a hard lesson I've been learning recently. So I'm I'm very bullish on it. It's my new toy. (laughs) Thank you for your feedback. I'll be actually, so what am I looking forward to next week? Maybe thinking a little bit about that. Is there some way that I could cater that audience that's on my waiting list and then see if I can do something until the end of December? Nice. Then we will talk next week after the the Black Friday craziness has passed for you. So hopefully you're still alive. Yeah, um, I hope so too. Haven't quit and retrained as a hairdresser just yet. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> awesome. Let's oh. talk next week. Have a yeah. great rest of the week. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. This was The Sub Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louis at Nichols underscore, and you can reach out to me, Moitza, at Moitza Mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out? We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.